0: We're back. You're listening to the Autonomously Poly podcast with Jay and Dre. And today we have a conversation about breakups and relationship transitions. And we have a guest and our guest is going to introduce herself.
1: Hello, everyone. Um, My name is Vero. Um, In some circles, I am also known as Vanilla Rose. I consider myself a queer black polyamorous woman and uh, also I am involved in the BDSM kink leather circles as well. And um, yeah, that is the introduction of me. Anything else you wanna know, feel free to ask. I do not get offended easily. Um, No question is um, a bad question or taboo to ask me.
0: All right. Thank you. So I don't even know where to start.
2: <laughs> oh, so I guess I can start by saying, like, I thought of this topic. <laughs> Primarily, I was triggered by something that happened a couple of weeks ago that made me think of, like, all of my breakups. And Dre, you've, you've witnessed a few. We've You've been... A, <laughs> you you know about a few and transitioning relationships that have happened. Um, yeah. And then I brought it to you, like, what do you think about this topic? And you say, yeah, this, is, this will be a good topic because we in the poly community don't really have that many conversations on breakups. I feel like we sweep them under the rug or just like we're really nonchalant about them. Which I can understand because it's like if you're maintaining several relationships and certain relationships end or transition and then you're just like, I don't know how I deal with this. How How do I move on and what do I do and how am I maintaining my other relationships while I'm feeling like totally crappy and sad because this other relationship or two is ending or it's broken up. And yeah, Whew. that's a lot. <laughs> what do y'all think?
1: Well, I would say, okay, I would preface like this. Um, when I was younger, um, because I am an aging person, when I was in my twenties and in involved with people monogamously, I really didn't think too much about breakups like I felt like as long as we were friends we should be you know if it don't work out on this romantic scale then it should be fine and for the most part I feel I transitioned that into polyamory when I started so I still talk to well I only had like two mono exes in my adult life and I still speak with them but there's like no chance in a relationship but we speak as in check up on each other, like, how are you, you cool? you poo. It's just kind of like that. Um, as far as doing so on polyamory, I feel like there's been chance times where, because I felt like it came out of nowhere, I didn't know how to, how to react, or I knew something was gonna happen and I thought I was prepared for it and then when it happened, I wasn't. So, and then, of course, there's a the double breakup, where you get broken up with somebody twice. And then, you, but you still have your, uh, well, you're broken up by two people, and you still have your ongoing relationship. I, I think I function in a different way, where I intellectualize my emotion. <laughs> by the time it's like, okay, that person's gone, I'm mad. However, I feel like I kind of logically walk through them, or walk through the hurt, or I grieve it at the same time. However, I just end up focusing on other things in my life. So I guess the grieving period has been shortened because I am polyamorous and I have other partners and I have other things going on in my life. And I'm an aging person and I'm disabled. So it's just like all these things that are going on in my life. Like I I don't even have the energy towards the feelings of a breakup. That said, I feel like I have not had acrimonious breakups. So I will say that. So like if your breakup is based off of the person just all out and out, broke your agreement, you gonna feel some type of way. Um, for me, it was, for me it's mostly people just like chucking the deuces or some people say ghosting. I don't say that because people do have the right to leave at any time without explanation as we like to say. So. It feels
0: different when you're on the other side of that though. So that's what I have to say about that. It's interesting. You were talking about um oh I lost it. No. Your oh, your feelings not lasting as long. I have the opposite because my well is deep, even though I don't show it very often. So my feelings stay hurt for a long time. I just don't show them or act on it. And so depending on what kind of breakup it is determines the kind of transition the relationship has. Cause there's some people that we've broken up and gotten back together and you almost couldn't tell anything changed because we were just cool. It was just like, I will drop this part and then pick it back up. And then there's been times where someone is just disappeared or I said, you got to go and you're out and that's it. And I don't speak to them ever again. Not if I see them in the street. So It just depends on the reason behind it rather than but either way go my feelings kind of last like I never I don't stop loving people who ever I can't even say who do certain things that's not true I just the way I react to them might change because of the experiences we've had together if that makes sense
1: Yes, because that's how I, that's exactly what I say. I say, or similar to what I say. I say, when I, if I tell you I love you, I love you. Like, and that won't ever change. But my motherfucking boundaries are going to change. <laughs> 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 For sure. Because you have, and I think I got that way because I have noticed that I um, was kind of loose with my boundaries as, to a certain extent and I allow certain behaviors to go on because I was trying to give the person a chance or see if, you know, if their behavior is gonna change by the words that they're saying. And when it don't, I'm okay with that because um, I don't know, I have that intuition like something's gonna happen or this person has distanced themselves and like the relationship has changed but i don't know about it so by the time they so i take my t- during that time i process all my feelings about it so by the time we talk again or whatever talk about it i'm good at that point <laughs> <laughs> i'm like we could be like we could still be cool like we might not necessarily be friends even though i like to start off my relationships with a friendship we could still be like close associates or transition this into something that's more authentic to us um, if we choose to continue the connection but Will things go back to the way they were? Absolutely not. (laughs) So that's pretty so I totally get that. Once I love you, I love you. That's there's not really nothing you can do about that. But how I interact with you afterwards is gonna be different.
2: Oh my gosh. That is so kind of like where I'm at. Um, I feel like I'm in the middle of y'all. So (sighs) I'm trying to put into words like all of my feelings for like the past breakups or ending of relationships. Like I've just had certain relationships that have end that have ended where I've been devastated. Um mainly it was really just honestly too. I have been kind of you know, it's varying degrees and lengths of sadness. I think for me, when I, I guess these two relationships, and I'm not going to give any type of, you know, information to protect people's privacy. And, you know, these people don't consent to me talking about the things that happened. But when those two relationships ended several years apart, it hurt. Like I said, it, it broke me crying and just like going silent for a couple of days, no social media, but it was because of how much I had, I, I felt like I had vested in the relationships. Also, I had horrible boundaries that I didn't realize I had horrible boundaries until I had to take a step back months to a year later. um, and I still care about these two people. One person I am still in contact with. our relationship has transitioned, and that's the homie. But, um, yeah, I've had the certain relationships that I've ended because and, okay, in the preface, of course, I probably said that most of my relationships are long distance. So I've had a partner that was like, hey, I have a local partner and we're, you know, trying to make something work here and just trying to establish something down here. And, you know, I still fucks with this person. Like this person is cool as hell. Like I respect that. But then I've had like relationships where it just came out of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere either, but yeah, this one's, this one's hard for me. Um, because when you like you like V said when you care about somebody like you really love them you don't stop loving them you don't stop caring about them and it's like I feel like our community we don't talk about it enough because it's like where do we go from here after this hurt um I know V and I spoke in a clubhouse room kind of sort of about this before and it just it was very healing for me Um, but I still don't feel like we have like any type of coping mechanisms or what should we do? You know, if we're, if we're still feeling kind of raw about it, um, and me, I'm always the one that tried to find books and all that stuff. And I didn't find no books of substance. As a matter of fact, I got, I use one of my audible credits on this bullshit book that I'm so pissed off about. I wanted to send it back because it just was, it was written by, I felt, oh, never mind. Let me just say this. We need, we need more polyamorous books written by black and brown folks. So, so I'm going to put that, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, Cause yeah, I just couldn't, mm, the words that were in this other book, I just was very turned off by it. So I don't know, maybe it's just me, but yeah.
1: I mean, any book, pretty much. I look at it from like a base, from the basics. So any book that's about grief is very good because I had to learn years ago that the feeling that I felt was grief. So um, grief does doesn't only apply to um, someone dying. It also applies to when you may have transitioned jobs, but lost a job or had a friend break up or had a divorce or had a relationship end. And all of that is the reason you go through the processes of grief. So I tend to look at when breakups happen, even though I may be completely devastated, I recognize, I first start with what, what is my accountability? Court, right like when I saw certain things happening why did I let it go like why didn't I just go it because for me I'm going to say it, I have not I only broke up with one person in my life just one in my adult life one and that was our second time getting together and I just couldn't when I found myself just crying and feeling the same way it's the reason why we broke up in the first place I ended that relationship. But all any other connections I've had, relationship I had, the other person ended it. And they ended it just by disappearing, like no communication or anything like that. And so, no matter where we were, no matter how long we were in our relationship. And for me, it's more of a, okay, I'm the common denominator. What is it about that, you know, that I'm letting? go that now when it's this thing happened I'm like I don't know how that happened so I look more at what me because of what I can do to heal myself so I look at I have to do like this deep analysis analytical analysis of the relationship and all of its parts and say okay why was my it seems like my boundaries would loose this way so I was just affirming this person's behavior because my boundaries were not strong in this way um, or i look at it as if I gave the person another chance or whatever I'm like why did I give them another chance expecting the relationship to be different when it's just turned out to be the same thing and I also look at do I want to continue having some connection to this person at all that's if this person wants to continue to have a connection with me And then this time, if we go forward in some type of connection, it's not going to be anything like we had before. It's going to be completely different. I look at what systems of control can I have for myself or boundaries that I can go forward? Because I realized a long time ago, like many, many years ago in the Bono days, people can be real, like you can be real cool with somebody as a friend, but y'all cannot be in a romantic relationship together. This is not going to happen. And it's because y'all are just incompatible in that way.
3: Yes. And I also
1: look at that like compatibility for, uh, and sometimes I try to do it to where I'm not having anger towards the person or these negative feelings towards the person. I really try to break it down to were we compatible? Were we in alignment or anything? And then how was our communication style? Because I could tell you my communication sales before it was like whack, super whack like passive aggressive whack. <laughs> so um, I realized that, okay, those are things that I need to change about me. And the fact that I also deal with separation anxiety and abandonment issues, I see how those will get clicked on or exacerbated. And I still just let stuff go on. So I'm not saying that I'm not. I'm not saying this to abdicate the other person of their responsibilities. I'm saying this because for me, I have to understand the part that I play in order to go through the grieving process and the healing. I hope that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes
3: complete. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, I can hear
0: you. Okay. I thought something was wrong, but it makes sense to me. I, I, listening, to them I'm like, I don't know. I don't process that much. <laughs> that's I don't know i maybe I'm just not mature enough yet I get really sad I think I still go through all the the emotions and I'm angry and then I blame myself and then I get really sad maybe not in that order and sometimes I go through those a bunch but eventually it turns into me going through everything like what what I experienced from them and what I experienced in myself and what Then I try to go through what was my fault, what part did I play in it, but I'm not not always there. And sometimes people come back and let me know, which is helpful, especially once I've calmed down and I'm not being emotional about it anymore. And so that normally happens with people who it wasn't like a bad thing, but just like hurt feelings maybe or miscommunication. And then we're able to talk about it later and whether or not we become friends or estranged or come back to being lovers or whatever it happens at least we both know what the other person felt because we can have the conversation I don't know if that makes sense
1: it does make sense that makes sense yeah speaking I was thinking of enough you reminded me of something else that clicked in my head I allowed myself to be okay with missing the person like yeah I was like Yeah. yeah like because to I try not to say, because I don't feel like it was a totally bad experience. We just probably had some shitty experiences and we just went our separate ways. But to, I think we are indoctrinated to feel bad if we miss that person.
3: Yeah.
1: And you're not, that's a person who was significant in your life. This is somebody who was important to you and you were important to them. Y'all navigated certain aspects of life together of course you're gonna miss that person. And then you have to decide how you wanna process that. So if I miss somebody and I'm thinking about them, i go ahead and call them. I don't go through that whole, I should not call, like if I'm really concerned, especially like the last couple of years with the pandemic, if, I, if I'm missing you, i have to call me. But also I've had a partner pass away. So for me, it's really a, if I'm missing somebody or if I'm concerned about somebody, I'm just gonna call them. Cause that just eases my anxiety. So I guess it's for a selfish reason.
0: I've been doing that though. I've actually been reaching out to not just pre- former partners, but like former friends that I had fallen out with that were kind of bad. And now that like we're years later and I've thought about it and processed it all, and I'm like, dang, I really was wrong when I did that. So I'll call people and just apologize and I'll let them know like I'm not trying to rekindle or reconnect. I just want to let you know that I see you and hear you from what you said and I'm sorry. And that might be it. And it just, it's for me <laughs> because I feel bad about being that horrible person I was or making a mistake. But I don't know. It has given me some friends back, but some people are like, you know, don't talk to me no more, valid.
2: So I had to slow clap when V was speaking. Of course, nobody can see it on the screen, but <sighs> so Dre was saying, how she had a lot of anger and sadness, and I found myself sometimes consumed with both of those feelings, especially the the last couple breakups. Um, yeah, despite the fact that, you know, the, despite the fact that the some of the relationship ended because of, I don't want to say very good reasons, but there were reasons that I understood. So they weren't horrible breakups, but I think for me, I don't know if it was boundaries, but I've been struggling with feeling like I've put so much of myself into the relationship. I've given a hundred percent. And I feel like the other person didn't give as much. And I've had to really, really dig deep and journal about why am I having those feelings. And recently, through listening to another book that is totally un doesn't have anything to do with polyamory, it kind of popped out at me, um, <clears throat> why I feel those things, and why I try to put so much effort into my relationships. Um, overextending myself is what I should say but I can honestly say with certain relationships I have definitely learned about myself um found out where I went wrong at most of the time is my boundaries um or just doing dumb shit (laughs) but boundaries for sure um not having strong boundaries not even setting up boundaries um And basically, just, I see, I think every time I've ended a relationship, I've grown because I had to re-examine myself and why the relationship ended or why I ended the relationship. Um, Not to get specific, but, you know, I ended a relationship because I felt like, my then partner was not telling me the full truth when in fact it was like I was I was starting to feel jealous about this new relationship and I didn't realize it was jealousy. I thought it was just anger about this person showing more attention to the new partner when in fact it was that anger was hiding my jealousy or vice versa. <laughs> and so I had to step take a step back, like, hey, Jay, what the fuck, like, get your shit together, you need to figure out why you're feeling this jealousy, and get it in check, or try to figure out what's going on, and yeah, it's, but also, I have stayed in contact with certain partners or past partners so that does you know we've had conversations after the facts and I've gotten a chance to apologize for my behaviors or we can talk after so many months about what happened. um and yeah we're not partners anymore but we maintain a friendship but we're friends on social media so yeah those those feelings and everything y'all said was like so spot on for me
1: I will also say that I can't really say I've had like what I would consider like an official breakup. It's literally like the person no longer speaks to me. (laughs) And so I've never had like an official like this is all working out. No, wait a minute. There was somebody who I was, as they say back in the day, messing around with in my mono days. And that person we have been seeing each other oh maybe six or six months or so and this person was right after my devastating breakup with my um first the person i call my first love my first adult relationship it was monogamous and it was three years on and off of just like ugh so this was it took me like some time to even want to date anybody else so um, one of my former friends uh, went to high school with this person and we were, we were just like seeing dating a little bit. And then I had a feeling like, okay, I think this is the, but they never said anything to me. And so they called me and said, you know, that they decided to see someone else or whatever and it wasn't working. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, what happened after that? Right after that, my dad died. (laughs) So I was just like, oh, this is a lie. And so I took like this long hiatus before I got into relationships because I was trying to figure out to myself, like, why would I um, go be with someone like my first love and then with this other person? And the way that they treat me, like I was trying to process a lot of stuff. And then even coming into polyamory, I feel like I'm still doing the same patterns. And I thought I was like better, but uh, apparently not. But hopefully with these karmic partners, I'm done. And now I have decided to be more intentional in my relationship because, or my connections. Um, I'm aromantic, so spectrum, so I usually use the word um, connections instead of relationships. I am now being more intentional because I, because back before, up until now, I was very passive in all of my connections. like I was not really having any conversations, um, negotiating anything, nothing like that. But ironically enough, like my friends will come to me to talk about their relationship stuff and like I had, okay, you do 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 da But for me, I just did not do as I I say. So now with all of the stuff that I would talk to people about, all the stuff I've learned and specifically in these nominal streets, I now do a way better job of communicating and now I live by these four words of alignment, um, compatibility, intentionality, and consistency. So all four of those really helps with my communicating my um, relationship needs as I go forward. And if a person does not have the ability to talk to like that or have the uh, wherewithal the bandwidth to, then at that point, I just figure we are incompatible, but nobody's allowed to leave me anymore. So then they're that.
2: Oh my God, did you say nobody's allowed to leave you?
1: <laughs> That's oh what they
2: would <laughs> Like
0: you're stuck with me now.
2: Yes. I've been told that he's still here. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> um.
3: Oh, I didn't have anything else to say right now.
0: Does anybody have anything else to talk think- about as far as like relationship transitions or?
2: Yeah, I want I had a question for V. I know V, I know that you're a so I wanted to know. Do you feel like is, there's anything in difference as far as being a romantic and any type of breakups? I know you said you don't call them relationships. Um, you said connections. So is there anything else that you feel is? Um, I don't know. You being a romantic does it affect anything else as far as how you go about your you your connections or ending connections or anything like that
1: yes i think not only the i think it's the like the trifecta of aromanticism and um solo polyamory and parallel polyamory so the way that i navigate those three in my life i think that sometimes I come across as I want to say less than secondary, necessarily <laughs> like quite secondary, or less than secondary, because um, I don't do the entanglement or intertwining of lives in that way. Um, and so, since I don't, and I'm also, I also have sprinklings of um, relationship anarchy leaning. So I navigated in a way in which my autonomy and my agency is like super important to me those are like at the top and I and it seems like some people see that as acting like I'm, I'm gonna put it in quote single or I'm partnered and so that can make it in my opinion easy for people to kind of step away because they probably feel that I had no investment even though as much as we've spoken we've from my point of view we had investments and then when I use my voice to ask for things um like um that to help the relationship it seems like i made to be the issue and what's wild about that is um that's pretty much how my re- the relationships that ended or transitioned that's how they happened uh, because the person just didn't think I was serious and I'm like because I'm not romantic or whatever romantic means, um, not, you know, just because I don't want to, you know, cohabitate or co-mingle finances with someone or raise children with someone, then for whatever reason, I'm less serious. Um, but most people who, I when I came in, I realized that people who identify as solo poly are seen as less serious. And when I say serious, I'm putting it in quotes, like, committed. For whatever because of the not wanting to do the things that for lack of a better term monogamous people do and so if you add that along with ra along with the aromantic it's just like there has to be really a lot of intentional conversations to see where i'm in alignment with someone and how i navigate my life also i don't have a lot of agreements in my relationships so, or connections where um, a person can just not abide by them and then we break up. Because I, I, I feel like I don't really have any. Like, There's no way, in my opinion, a person could cheat on me because I don't have any agreements around um, somebody keeping an agreement or not breaking. It. For me, it's like we are separate autonomous people. We were navigating lives. Before we met each other, now that we met each other, we're going to, and we found compatibility and alignment, we're going to navigate still as our individual selves, along with sharing lives. Because I feel like just because I'm in your life or you're in my life, that anybody has to change. So I think from that point of view, it can seem like it's nonchalant. However, for me, it's less work for me, to be honest, because I have enough time managing myself. I have to trust this person to, to be who they are or do what they say. And if they don't, then I have to decide whether I want to keep seeing this person or just step away. So that's kind of like my spirit. I hope that
3: answers it. I really like that.
0: I I always, I really like that because I feel like it's it makes sense instead of having all these... Sense restrictions and rules where you have to behave in a certain way and do certain things and then you can't do certain things anymore because now you have a significant other. It never made sense to me. Why do I have to do things that I would not normally do just because we're together now?
3: I don't get it. Hmm. Yeah, I have a
1: disconnect with that. What happened? I say I too have a disconnect with that and I do believe that that probably had been my issue um, when I was younger understanding that I did not want to be married Um, because I feel like there was a lot of I'm not let me just claim um, I'm not anti-marriage if marriage is what you want to do I support that and I love it for you it's just not for me and for the reason is I never wanted to be a wife because it seems like so much weight was put on that position and I just didn't want that. And, and it seems like the weight that was on that position totally took away my autonomy and I didn't, I didn't want that. So I feel like if somebody meets me and they're like, I'm interested in you, it's like, okay, I'm interested in you too. And then we get to know each other like, oh man, you're real cool, I like you, okay. So now let's go together. Okay, now we're in this relationship. Oh, okay, here's some changes you need to make. Like, wait, what? <laughs> it feels like I don't I don't understand. I was like, but you said you like me.
4: So I think it's odd for someone to be like, I like you and you like me. Yeah, great, we we'll are go together. And then it's like, uh, yeah, I need you to change these things about yourself. It's like, but I thought you said you like me and you wanted to be with me because of who I am why would you want me to change myself and then the changes are usually a role that they want you to play that you not even rehearse for so you're going to flunk it this, this role that they set up so at this point I I don't I don't get it how however I've heard people say you're supposed to sacrifice those things like I've seen more but I've seen this more with monogamous people than um anyone else in, who are holding toxic monogamous concepts like um you have to sacrifice your happiness for a relationship that makes no sense to me why would I <laughs> relationship that was also that, like do y'all not hear what y'all sound like or people just worried about their own happiness and they don't care about relationships like do y'all not hear what you're saying i don't understand about the sacrificing parts of me in order to be in a relationship that said i think that's why people be so devastated when they do have breakouts from a long-term relationship or a marriage yeah. because you sacrificed who you were on purpose like to because you thought sacrifice was important in order to be in this relationship and so your whole identity was wrapped up in that. And so once that ends, you have you have no identity. Like you have you're not a person anymore. So now you have to rebuild and find yourself to figure out who you are now at this point because you can't go back to who you were before the marriage. So I think that's where the devastation and the anger comes from for people and why it's so hard for them to move on because they they did the whole two becomes one thing. And that just was not good for their bandwidth.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely not.
2: That was a whole word, though. That was a serious <laughs> word because it's the truth. And nobody that's monogamous wants to talk about that. But, you know, I digress. That's why I purposely
4: delineate right, because I don't- I talk about is that you have to serve. Oddly yeah. enough, well, oddly enough, I feel like part of the breakup conversation and polyamorous start should start talking about toxic polyamorous because it does exist. <laughs> and people walking around here like it doesn't, but it does. Like, forcing, you know kitchen table poly um instead of you know getting seeing if people are compatible in that way or saying that you have the right to go through your like your partner doesn't get to have their own privacy and that it's and completing or mixing up secret and um private which are two separate things and talks about you know what information you have like i want you to be transparent And that also means that if I'm the primary partner, I don't care the boundaries you have with your secondary. Tell me everything that's going on with that. That's part of the transparency. Uh, No, no, it's not.
3: uh, uh. So so
4: people like we have these conversations and act like it should be healthy, but it's toxic as hell and polyamorous people can be toxic too. They really and I'm sorry, I I really maybe because of me, because so people are gonna really push back on me because I do say I have like sprinkling of don't ask, don't tell on mine. I call it sprinkles. That said, I feel like when people are having conversations about transparency, they don't talk about where those where the delineation or where the boundaries lies with the meta. Especially people who practice hierarchical. in unethical ways. So, yeah, that's my opinion. What does transparency mean to you? You know it doesn't mean crossing other people's boundaries because you feel like you need to know everything because you don't need to know everything.
2: So, I I have hope. I'm not even going to be, I'm not even going to hold nobody. I refuse to get in relationships that are hierarchical, period, because of that type of situation. Um, Also, because one person is not better than the other, but I just need to just say that real quick. Andrea, I know you had something to say. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm right there
0: with her. I don't know how many times I've talked to both monogamous and poly people talking about how they have to have access to their partner's phone and email, and I'm like, what? I would never give somebody my phone to go through. My friends tell me their secrets. And if I let anybody, including the significant other, see that I'm breaking their trust, then that's not okay. People are so worried about trying to catch somebody cheating. They forget about people having friends and family and they have private conversations that can be emotional or embarrassing or anything. And you want somebody to give you their phone so they can go through all of your stuff all the time because you need to know everything. How dare you? I, like, How
4: I, dare you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it just I don't No, no absolutely not mm. it drives me bonkers no
4: it's very but stinky behavior I'm sorry I'm about to say that's also what I also realized um and it just hit me and I put like a compassion person in I realized so many people have unexamined uh, issues behind the fact that they experience a lot of unethical behavior in their relationship or AKA cheating for people. So they have dealt with like so much of that, either personally or seeing people around them that way that they always want to put in these caveats. And at the end of the day, you cannot make someone stay with you. If they want to go, they're going to go. Um, a person's, character should not be based on your behavior like them not breaking an agreement doesn't mean that you're not doing what you're supposed to it's not supposed to be that way that person's supposed to be able to you know make those decisions just as a human being not to be um, untrustworthy and that has nothing to do with how you are performing but that's just
0: yeah yeah Some of the restrictions that come up because of stuff like that is it just blows my mind. Because I often ask, like, what does that solve? What how does that make you feel better to have that rule in place for your partner?
3: You're still gonna be scared.
2: (laughs) You're still gonna have trust issues. (laughs) I have to put the whole
4: I have to protect my partner vibe i feel like that's another toxic monogamous thing that happens that plays a part in in breakups because oh i need to do this because just to make sure my partner's safe so now it's like your partner's now an infant and they can't make decisions on their own and if they can't make decisions on their own like that they shouldn't be involved in multiple relationships right exactly Um, (laughs) All these caveats and reasons. Well, the children. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that your partner just gonna bring people in that wanna harm the children. Like they don't have the judgment to make that so you have to step in and stand in the in the gap to um, defend the household. Like when people start with that, I just like, okay. We're not we're not compatible, but you're about to have like a rough period and these are the same people who would then you know go on social media saying that they can't find anybody but they don't tell you about all of the stuff that they done or come with and surprised that nobody wants to agree to those things
2: so i said what i said <laughs> you said what you said. It, said
0: it needed to be said
2: it needed to be said slap clap so question for y'all again Ha, who has experienced relationships that have transitioned? Um, for example, a relationship that um, has went from like a partner to a friends with benefits situation or like a friends with benefits situation to a partner or, um, well, I'll give my example, but I just want to know if, if either of y'all have experienced that and how did it go? Good or bad? Are y'all indifferent or?
0: <laughs> I've had friends with be- benefits become partners. Because when I say friends with benefits, the most important parts the friends. And once you add the benefits, sometimes it's hard to stay just friends because you have so much of a bond I've had some that never do transition but for the most part it's almost like the benefits become a trial to see if we're going to stay just friends or if we're going to be more than friends because I've had both happen where we'll be friends with benefits and then we're like oh no that's not gonna work and then we're still cool to this day and then I have others where it went to more and
3: it stayed more and we're good
4: so let me ask you this um, as a follow-up question <laughs> Andrea uh, do you are relationship titles important to you or are they more important to your the people you're connected
3: to I mm. I know there's
0: some that don't care. I'm going to say some because <laughs> I'm not specifying how many relationships I have because it's kind of like limbo. But some don't care because I don't. I mean, they're helpful to know what word is appropriate to use when I'm talking to people about them. So I'll ask what we want to call it. So that if I'm talking to somebody else, what should I call you, or what should I call this? But other than that, I don't. I don't care. It's just the word I use to make other people understand what's happening over here easier and I have to explain it to them.
4: That's so oh. okay.
2: thanks for that.
4: Are we the same person?
2: Yeah, sorry. That no, I was gonna say that's that's important. That's an important question too, because I've I think I've also had conversations about having titles on relationships and the reasonings why we, some people feel like we need titles. And I, not to go on a tangent, I think it's, it comes from mononormity, mononormativity, I think. Um, But that question just started wheels rolling in my head about things, but Dre, you've actually pretty much given, given that reason, but it's, it started wheels turning in my head about naming and, if it's important or if it's not important, or, you know, we we know what's going on between us. So, <laughs> you know, if I am going to talk to, you know, talk to you, Dre, or talk to a friend, they were like, well, such and such a nice relationship changed. And now we're just, you know, friends with benefits because you don't be like, oh, yeah, well, we're not, we not partners no more, but you know, we fucking still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I think sometimes it's easier
0: just to say that. Yeah, it's like it's same with like when I uh, identify myself. Like I hate using all these labels, and I, I can't stand it. But I, I find the ones that fit whatever I'm what I'm doing, and those are the ones I'm gonna give to people. So I don't have to answer so many questions because I don't want to talk about it sometimes. <laughs> I
4: agree. Uh, I. I think we are the same person <laughs> I know that. I'm like oh my gosh I am like we're going to say because I am um, the reason why I asked that question because I feel like the relationship trans- transactions are affected by the titles that people use so for me I am okay I'm not a titles person and as far as I know none of the connections I have a, are a so I use words partner like a blanketed term for mm-hmm. ease of language um however if you ask me for like specific details people fall mostly in a category for me as in like not like partner but I would say like uh, a partner or a comment but all but from the outside looking in they all look like friendships I use the word either connection or queer platonic relationship, which is like a good thing because it's not queer platonic relationship. is like, it's not quite romantic, but it's not quite platonic. And it's like a mixture and it goes against the grain. And to me, that's the best way to, to say it. And yeah. if I do have relationship transitions, like there's, we I don't necessarily have the conversation of now we're together. What do you call me? I just, I, don't, I have not participated in those um, for, for a certain amount of time um, since I've been polyamorous. That said, I did, like several months ago, reach out to my partners because someone was asking me something or talking about something. I was like, I don't know. So I found, like, these four or five definitions of different partner types, relationship titles, and I sent them to all of the people that I considered my connections at the time. And I asked everybody, look at these and tell me what we are. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that way, because they know titles aren't important to me. And consequently, titles really aren't important to me. But it was like, because of the definition, it was like, oh, okay, that's how you see it. Because then that helps me to negotiate or navigate our relationships in a certain way. So we are all on one accord as we We're reading it. But other than that, I just don't. Most people, I would just call my, my comic boyfriend, my comic girlfriend. If we make up a title, we could do that and come discuss with it. But mostly, I just negotiate the relationship. And if they transition, sometimes it's just kind of like a organic thing. And It's like, okay, we're here. Or, okay, we're there. But mostly, the transitions might be due to just fucking life. <laughs> just fucking yeah. Logistics. Because logistics and life, even when somebody and people assume like, oh, you're lucky to have a local partner. I probably would see a local, depending on how our lives are set up, I might see a, a long distance partner before I see a local <laughs> partner. And then you assume that, you know, people, just because you live in the same area, doesn't mean necessarily local. Like, where I am now in DFW is wide. Like, one partner, it would take me about 45 minutes to 50 minutes to get to their house. <laughs> and then come back. The other was like thirty-something minutes away, so it's like no. It all depends on logistics. Their other life, you know, their full life, their partners, their children, themselves. So, so, so it's the logistics of it all that sometimes can cause uh, relationship transitions or relationship breakups. Um, and it that's one of those. It's not the fact that anyone did anything wrong or broke any agreements. It's just life happening and logistics happen and we just, we're no longer a fit. So I I, I forgot to bring that up too.
2: Thanks for saying that V, because (laughs) I used to think when I was having a lot of my relationships there were long distance, like if I just had a local partner, you know, I'll be able to see him or her and I got local partners and I'm like, shit we haven't seen each other for weeks. It's going on a month since I've seen this person. It's like, oh yeah, I'm taking flights to go fly out to see my other partner out of state. And it's like, yeah, it's like other you know work responsibilities, other partners, children. So it's a lot. Um, but yeah. V has said so much stuff that it's. I have all these wheels spinning in my head about what I want to say and like don't want to go on tangents about relationships and naming and how I feel right now about putting even names on certain relationships. I feel like not to go off topic, but w- even when I s- realized I was putting names on relationships, I was more hurt behind I think, breakups um, Mm -hmm. and hurt, um, I guess, when they didn't fit into a mold of what I thought it would be. Now, my feelings are with the people who I deal with, you know, they my people, they my booze, they whatever, Um, they're in my life, we're in each other's lives for a good time, maybe not for a long time, but... (laughs) um, yeah, so I've had to reevaluate even putting titles on certain things, but also having some type of title to explain to folk.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, no, my brain was somewhere else.
4: <laughs> I was about to say, um, in that same vein that, you know, poly oversaturation can lead to relationship um, transitions and breakups. And it, and I think we have experienced a lot of that because of this narrow bread that keeps going on and won't stop. So things have just put, I think we've gone through additional stressors uh, as well. And so uh, people think that being poly Saturated or oversaturated means the amount of partners. And it's like, no, it's the amount of stuff that's going on in your life and your ability to do things. Like at one point, I had a long distance partner and myself, but I logistically just didn't have it. My bandwidth just wouldn't allow for any more, any any room. So I, I leave, I want, of course, we all want somebody to want to be with. And I also want to create an environment that if the person um, needs to go, then they can go and that'll be fine. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they did something wrong or I did something wrong. It's just that our alignment is not working right. Um, Especially if you have a person who um, works odd hours or you start working more or if you have to relocate for work or somebody has an additional child or a family change. Like maybe they have a family member that has to come and stay. And then they have to help take care of the caregiver. Like it's so many different scenarios that can happen that causes a breakup. It doesn't mean it's always something that somebody did something bad. So now we don't have a relationship. No, breakups happen because sometimes y'all just uh, uh, things are not going where health issues come up. That's a big one that can cause relationship transitions or breakups because the person's health um, doesn't allow them to no longer have the ability to manage things for a temporary amount of time. And then they they may transition into something else, but still remain a close connection, um, even though they may not no longer be in a, quote unquote, romantic
3: relationship. So I wanted to bring that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when stuff like that happens,
0: normally I find myself having more conversations about how the relationship is structured to make space for things sometimes with people. And so we might discuss whether or not we're going to keep sex on the table for a certain amount of time, or like we need to chill out on that because maybe we just don't have the energy or, you know, chill out on the romance part or maybe up the intimacy if you're feeling extra lonely or something like we have conversations on to make adjustments. And I consider those transitions too, because sometimes a relationship can look more intense in other times than it does in others. And people might think you're no longer together when you are, especially if you don't live together and you're not doing things together, but you're still talking all the time because you're still connected and want to be that way but might not have the time or energy and so you find other ways of being together if that makes sense
4: now you know we think alike so it does (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) we found some kindred spirits yay
4: look y'all are coming from everywhere for me so I love it (laughs) Uh, that's what I like to say too um, when I'm getting connected to someone i wanted to like organic but intentional like i wanted to flow and ebb and change however we flow and ebb and change so how we were when we first met it's going to be different how we are in, in that month and so i always want to leave room for us to move freely and no one get like stagnant or stuck because they're like this is what it's supposed to be and it's not. And it's like, no, it looks like this. Is, but I understand that in those moments of transition, it's really a lot of unlearning and deprogramming that happens. So, so you can let go of, oh, I thought it was supposed to look this way. And then, but why? You know, I'm starting to ask people questions like, who told you that? where did you learn that? Because this thought didn't just pop in your head when you had to have some type of influence or something yeah, for you to end up at this, at this point. And it's probably going to go to the childhood. Now, speaking of childhood, <laughs> maybe may, I think that's also why I have the perspective that I have. So my parents, I grew up in like a two-parent home uh, type deal. And um, I saw my parents be together but also have their like separate lives. And then even when they lived apart, like they were still technically married with my dad dad. but <laughs> even though they transitioned apart, it wasn't like a, a harsh transition. It's like pretty much, okay, this is the way we're going to go. And even my friend's um, parents who went through the same thing, like the last child graduated high school and everybody went their <laughs> and the parents went their different ways. But it was—it wasn't anything acrimonious. It wasn't anything bad. It's not like I've seen my parents just like all out fight all the time before. You know, they went their separate ways. It was nothing like that. So to me, that is what I saw. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's just things like people can normally do that. And that's how I just decided to to navigate that way because of what I saw. But if you've seen some, if you grew up with something different, and you create these um particular relationships in mind not understanding oh it comes from what i've seen or what i've been through then yeah you can uh i can see how relationship transitions can be hard but they don't have to be they don't have to always be angry. figure out why you're so angry when i see people like why are you so angry why are you so because anger i think it was like I can't, maybe it's renee brown or somebody else but they said At the core of anger is hurt. Like if you're sad or angry, it's hurt. So it's like hurt is always at the basis of it. You have to determine why it hurts, why it feels a little extra. Mm -hmm. Um, It's generally something like if you had a breakup before it was real bad and then you get with someone and you have a breakup, you can still feel that same level and intensity of hurt from the other one. And you're like, oh gosh, I felt this before. And sometimes your body, you know, they say the body remembers. The body remembers, and it's just finding ways to how to release that. Because in polyamory, as we know, I might have a breakup over here, but I still have these loving partners over here, and I have to be able to figure out and balance that so that I'm not um, dumping all over my partner, and that my existing partner doesn't feel cared for and loved because I can't manage. My pain from this
2: breakup. That makes me. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's really, really important. On, yeah, that's that's my worry and issue, like to not emotional dump or not to be so down that I get down and not get down, but. Emotionally, I'm not available for my other partners, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, like one of the, when thinking about like the breakups, something that I always think about is when you're in a space of having three different relationships in different places, like one is struggling, one is stable, and one is new. And how uncomfortable that can be, trying to make sure everybody feels Seen and heard, even though you're excited on one side and sad on the other, and just a okay, like chilling right in another spot. It took me a minute to be able to get, to be able to juggle that space, because I seem to find myself there sometimes, not often, but when I do, it's like I it's just so intense there. I don't know, because I'm not one who feels like I have to pause my whole life when something is wrong in one of my relationships so if i meet somebody while me and somebody else is still having a hard time i may move a little slower to make sure i'm not rushing but i'm not going to just stop because maybe that relationship has to end because it's time or maybe we're just in the rough spot and we're going to figure it out and be okay in a couple of days who knows <laughs>
4: that does make sense and it just it, it clicked into my head like those moments when you're having a good relationship at least you think so things seem to be going well there's like no indication that things aren't and then that partner says I'm trying to work things out with partner." so we break. so dealing with that but like Okay, everything's all good. So we're working out because y'all want to work it out, or my partner is going through something. So we're going to focus on that. And so, can we just pause our relationship? Yeah. So you have breakup, you have transition, and then you have relationship pause, or like on friends. We were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, that's my episode. So no that's my episode, and I sat at the Ross the whole time. <laughs> on a break but it's like that's not necessarily a breakup it's not necessarily a transition it is a relationship pause and do people do relationship pauses instead of doing breakups and transactions and if it's a pause like how long is that pause on you know last what does the pause look like so you're basically saving space for this person and what does that look like
2: oh so much to say we got topics on top of topics we could talk forever
0: and it's just fyi
2: um
0: i don't know if i've ever done a pause maybe possibly but didn't call it that i called it a transition we just some stuff fell off from the relationship and then it came back up around again because we stayed connected and we stayed in the space of love with each other.
3: I, I don't know.
4: Right. I mean, I get it. That makes sense. And so then I guess the other part of the scenario is um, or another scenario is the pause is presented with no communication. So I've seen that as well, uh, where all oh, we decided to pause the relationship or unpause the relationship, and then all communications. And it seemed like the expectation was once the person was ready, they were gonna come back and then the pause.
3: I don't think I would agree to that.
0: Like, why do you have to go away? Like, I care about you. You can talk to me. I'll listen. Well, what's the problem? I guess that doesn't make that just doesn't make sense to me. Like if we care about each other and you're going through something and you need to like step away, I, huh? I would hope you would want somebody that cares about you that would be there to listen and help support you. So why would you leave? <laughs> I don't know. I have uh,
4: watched. On social media, with, with like seven, and um, I have seen all types of scenarios where transitions or breakups were happening or pauses were happening. Um, and it's and it's odd, it's very odd. So, and some people, and I mostly see it among people who are nested, um, more than people who are not nested. Um, so, people really attempting to. Prioritize the existing or the primary relationship. And so the fallout comes from the matter. even though I'm pretty sure it could happen, you know, with my But that's what I'm mostly saying.
0: Yeah, I haven't experienced enough with the hierarchy to know anything about it.
3: I've been avoiding those for a while, hierarchies.
4: Well, if they do, uh, there's something out called uh, Ethical um Polyamory. And I like how that's navigated because it's pretty much uh, has a lot of intentionality into it. And it kind of goes along with the, um, what I call default, like the hierarchy that just exists because the people uh, combing a lot. So. But it has to be really intentional. I feel like my one partner, I think, he's, I would say, he's ethically, powerful, Um meaning that he makes sure things are, you know, set at home, but he also has a partner who he's paired with, and they function the same way. So it doesn't feel like hierarchy at all. But I understand that how their relationship is, and that I'm secondary, even though I don't ever feel
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some of that in my life because I live with someone, although I'm solo, and like there's not a permission asking situation or no None of that is just this is where I live and where I sleep. This got to be straight in here. Once this is good, I'm, I'm all right. And that's talking about bills and, you know, cleaning and organizing
3: for the most part.
2: Okay. Do you have anything else, Jay? No, our conversation was awesome. I want to thank y'all so much. V, thank you for being our special guest. You're thank so you. awesome. Thank you so much. Clap, clap, clap emojis.
0: All right. Well, do you want to give any social media to anybody to follow or reach out? before we close
4: i will send it to you so you can put it on the podcast
0: boom that works and i don't feel like repeating hours so it'll be in the show notes <laughs> thank everybody for listening to the autonomously Holly podcast with jay and dre and our guest i almost said host my goodness vanilla rose <laughs> thank y'all good night good
4: night Thank you, everyone. Have a good night.